Hello and welcome to episode number 365 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? We're doing this again. I know, I can't believe it. Like these are, they, they come around every few years, they're always in emotional time. Um, we've been on a journey with Saw on this podcast. <sighs> Like from the yeah. start, really, you know, like our second year, it was um, basically our first full time year in 2017. We obviously had Jigsaw um, and obviously since then we've covered we did like our retrospective that's still available of all of the films. Um, so this is the only, you know, horror franchise that we've done, like like seminal horror franchise that we've done, uh, you know, shows on every single film. Um which is 10 Crazy. films deep at this day, at this time, um, which is just insane. Like, there isn't too many franchises that get to that magic number yeah. either. I mean, um, we've done Scream as well. We have, yeah, which is six, which is, um, you know, very sizable. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, definitely. And that is, you know, those were individual shows as well, because obviously we kind of grouped the first, what was it, seven saws across two shows. So mm. arguably more in-depth conversations. Um I don't know. But, you don't get much more in depth in our conversations on saw movies. Yeah, that's true. Um, we go we go into the weeds on it, especially when we had like our own. You know, we did a whole breakdown episode of just a trailer of Spiral, um, and that whole you know fiasco that getting that year delay and then and then wishing it just never came out. And by the time we actually saw it, um, God, I forget that that had the delay as well. Like, yeah. man, our little brains. Like when we sat there and was doing our little breakdown of a trailer. Mm-hmm. Wow! Wow! What a journey! I know it's really crazy, and so to get back now, and it really is full circle with this movie, you know, with the the returning cast members and such. So, um, yeah, cannot wait to talk about it, and we'll get to that uh, in just a second, uh, because there's one news item this week, which is a pretty cool one. Um, it's pretty interesting. Like, it's mostly cool, but then it just has a couple of little small downsides to it that kind of take the edge off it slightly, which is a shame. Um. But it is our, our good friends at Arrow Video um, doing great work in 2023, mm-hmm. has to be said. I think overall a massive return to form. Um, obviously coming off the back this of the... wild. Yeah, like the last, the recent ones have been spectacular. I think the Hellraiser one is just so good. Like it's absolutely perfect. Um, and then even getting a little treat like Tremors 2 is just, you know, a delight because I never expected that movie to get the treatment. Yeah. Um, but this is a cool one because it's another box set. They've been going very, you know, we've said that recently. They've gone so hard with the box sets recently, mm. you know, with the Psycho one as well. Um, and it is obviously a, a franchise that is very beloved to us. Another franchise that we've covered in depth on the show, um, which is, in fact, the entire Child's Play franchise. Um, so it's very cool. It's the, it's all, obviously all seven films um, together, um, as well as the recent Living with Chucky documentary, um, which I still haven't seen yet. Um, I was interested in seeing that because I remember when it got it, it was yeah, at it was, it was at Fright Fest, yeah. Yeah, um, I think it was last year when we went. It was just on a mm. day that we weren't there. Um, so I've always wanted to check it out. Um, so that's cool that that's on there. Um, but yeah, it's very nice. Um, I think the you know right off the bat it's not anything too crazy in terms of there's no new stuff um and we have seen 
very similar box sets for child's play in recent years so this isn't like a oh you know they've moved mountains to get all these licenses like some of the previous um, box sets that we've seen you know there is multiple ones i think scream factory even did one either this year or last year um yeah and we so, got the one prior to that didn't we yeah so there's there's been multiple ones that are just nice um now obviously this is in blu-ray and 4k um which gives it the edge however this That's is correct. by far yeah the, the the worst part about this um and the, the thing that annoys me which well i guess i'll get to in a second but yeah the 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 story is that the first film isn't in 4k um whereas yeah the you know all of the other films are in 4k and then the last disc with living and chucky is also just a blu-ray um which is already just confusing to go over um but i think the reason why it's it's doubly annoying is when you look at the listing for the 4k box set um you know it has the 4k sticker on the front and it's very much like do you want the, the blu-ray one or the 4k one like when i pre-ordered my hellraiser box set, i made sure i got the 4k one um because there isn't too much of a price difference either um but it's really like they bury it they don't make it clear at all you would think they would put in like bold letters to make sure you know people aren't tricked into this and i do think it's misleading like purposely um because i had to like i was looking at the discs and it was like disc one blu-ray child's play disc two child's play two 4k with the rest being you know all 4k other than the documentary and it made me think like oh it's probably just a typo on the website um because obviously they basically copy and paste the two listings across and they just change the word blu-ray for 4k across the two listings um but it's not you know it's just the first film for whatever reason is not in 4k so i think it's a little bit shady from them to not make that abundantly clear um and it definitely takes the edge off it, not just because, obviously, the first movie, not being a 4K, is is disappointing. But, like, the best thing for me about 4K is you haven't got to worry about regions at all. Like, that's such an awesome win. And it's why people always say, like, oh, yeah, with Arrow, you know, they don't need to release it in the States if it's 4K. Because you can just you can just buy that version. Whereas that's with this what one... It is, isn't it? That's what yeah. it is. If you well, if you but if you're in the states and you get the shipped over, you literally just won't be able to play the first movie or the documentary, um, which is brutal. So and and like I'd highly recommend people don't do that. Like you know with the Hellraiser one, because that is again it's just a UK release. Like you can just get that and it'll work absolutely flawlessly. Um, so it's disappointing. So yeah, it's a mixed bag. What what do you make about this? I think it's a cool set. I'm not like massively um, hyped about the artwork or anything, but I think it's it's cool. But it like say this isn't anything that we haven't really seen before. I think that's the thing is that um, first and foremost, I think it's a great point about the region because that's uh, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, why is it not 4K? Mm. Like even if they did just a rubbish. 4k do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like you know a low bar 4k not the usual care with restoration which i you know would already be a bit disappointed with but like why not 4k full stop and it's clearly there's a distribution problem mm. and and they're like well yeah i mean if we put it in 4k we know what we're opening ourselves up to and so we're just not going to you know we know the, the the name and the rights of child's play is and you know is all over the shop and so it just i don't know it feels like it's muddied into that but i think you know that is a disappointment just just for consistency rather than anything and mm. i think um if you're going to get a box set of a franchise of movies and the first one isn't the highest quality that that's a disappointment yeah you know, that, that, you know if you, the, the latter movies are going to look better anyway 
So it's the older ones that you want to have more restoration or, or you know, more upscaling on. Um, but yeah, and I think, you know, I'm similar to, to where you're at with it, where I, I wasn't blown away by the art style. You know, when that Hellraiser one got announced, I was like, that looks fucking gorgeous. I need it, even though I already have it, Arrow, Blu-ray. Like, I'm going to do the upgrade, you know. And often their 4Ks have been the same artwork. Mm. You know, when they've done, like, um, you know, uh, uh, um, American Werewolf in London or um, Tremors or, you know, Hills of Eyes, they've, they've all kind of, you know, the artwork's remained the same. And it's like, oh, okay, I've already got the cool artwork. The Blu-rays looked incredible. Do I really need the upscale? You know, I think of some of those Blu-rays that they did, and it, and it felt like 4K already. They, they were yeah. so good. And and so it was, you know, it, it, why double dip? And the Hellraiser one was just an instant double dip, where I was like, I, I take my money. Like, it looks beautiful. And and this one is, you know, it, it didn't blow me away. I thought the art style looked all right. Like, I can see what they were doing, but it didn't really feel like Chucky to me. And then, you know, the fact that I've already got Blu-ray sat here in this cool artwork, which is like, you know, the, the Chucky doll box art. And I was just like, mm, I'm really happy with what I've got, like, I've got them all on Blu-ray and I, and I've, and I've, you know, quite like the package I've got. So uh, like, you know, the fact that we then don't have the TV show in it and I completely get why we don't, but it, it doesn't feel complete, you know, it doesn't feel more complete than what I've already got. And, and I know that there's more of that distinct Chucky story out there. And I think that's, that's also makes it, you know, impossible to, to please me <laughs> do you know what i mean so it's just all a bit of a hodgepodge where i'm like okay this is awesome and I, i'm glad they have done it but with what i've already got I, I don't think i'll be picking it up which is a shame because if you'd have told me like oh man like this just the announcement got me buzzed but then after i thought about it i was like mm, yeah I, I i don't think i can not not for not for three figures yeah, that's the that's the thing. I'm now looking at the listing again, and like you say, it is one hundred pound um, mm. for this uh, 4K collection. Yeah, you know, it's a sizable. Yeah, exactly. It's a sizable figure. I don't part with that lightly. I want to get you know something that I'm very excited for. Um, and like I say, it's just there's those small things where yeah, I'm totally with you. If I'm buying a box set, it's just strange to me to be like, oh yeah, the first film isn't in 4K, but the rest are. And like I say, that is the one that I'd be by far the most excited to see what it looked like in 4K. Um, mm. Because even looking at this list, in the, the Blu-ray, it says is a 2012 high-definition 1080p Blu-ray from MGM Home Entertainment. So that's already like an 11-year-old Blu-ray. So I really do think that yeah, there is room for improvement Blu-ray. here. Mm. So like, that is annoying. Like there's no ifs or buts about it it's just frustrating and like i say if i'm going to part with that amount of money i want it to be just a completely unanimous like like with the hellraiser one like i can't wait to get this instant pre-order so i'm definitely not pre-ordering this um you know i'll wait and see if when it's out and people have got it in hand if it's something i'm like i need to get my hands on that but i don't think it will be and it's a shame because if you'd have said like yeah arrow doing the complete chucky box set I feel like yeah, that'd like like a home, yeah, that'd have been yeah. a home run, and it's like, and it's just these small, like the posters with it are lovely. I actually, the artwork in terms of the front, I'm not in love with, but I do love that each individual film has like yeah. a different yeah, Chucky definitely. artwork. I think is yeah. awesome, um, and especially yeah, the one with Pride. Rise, but, but yeah, yeah. I, do, I do like that they did it. 
Yeah, so it's just like, yeah, it's frustrating, this one. Like you say, many, many times in the Chucky, the seven movies, does the uh, the scene where he, Charles Lee Ray, becomes Chucky for the first time, gets shown? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so when it oh, happens yeah. originally in the first movie, it's not going to be in 4K, it's... but then we'll get it upscale multiple times in the latter editions? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> what someone's got to do is they just got to cut out all of like the flashbacks to the original film from like particularly yeah two and three, um, <laughs> and just see what that looks like in comparison. Because I bet that's going to look. You awesome. know what I mean? It'd be like if Arrow went well. We're going to do Hills of Eyes Part Two in four uh, K, but not Part One. And it'd be oh, like, happy uh, days. <laughs> yeah, fine. you got all the best bits. <laughs> right, cool. Got to do the intro then, have we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just got to do the boring stuff, have we? That no yeah. one likes. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, oh, it looks like upscaling desert scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it's, it's, I'm even looking at this now, I'm flicking through it and seeing all of those other sequels all in cool. 4K. It's like, oh man, like getting two and getting bride and and obviously getting like um, Colt and stuff. It's, yeah, it's a shame, man. Like, I, I get that. I think <clears> the problem <throat> is, like, I get that it's seven movies and that's a lot of money, <clears> but <throat> it is just £100 is a lot of money to put out on a box set. And, you know, it's just, I, I don't know, like that, that, I think that's why like that put me off a lot, uh, you know, and I don't know why, because, you know, screw it. But they, they, I don't know, there's just something about it when I first saw it, I was like, man, that's a, that's a lot of money. Like when you then like, you know, films that I've already got sat on the shelf. Yeah, and, I just like, look. It's not bringing a lot of new content to the table. The doc, the doc is cool. Like, yeah. we haven't seen the doc, and I don't think you can damn play that that is new content Yeah, but for a lot of people, including us. I was, I was just looking at the Hellraiser one in comparison, and obviously Ooh. that's £65 for four films. Um, but you're getting a, it says on the description, brand new 4K restorations of all four films. So this isn't any sort of layover before. These are all brand new things, um, let alone that there's brand new commentaries. And there's obviously, you know, an entirely new version of the fourth film as well, a, a newly uncovered work print version of Bloodline. Um, cool. And also, like, man, I forgot how unbelievably gorgeous that box art is. Like, it's so good. I love it with the outer case looking so clean. But then the inner part with the book looks so spectacular. Like, it's so, so good. Um, and that's out in like three weeks, so yeah, very, very excited for that one. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting one. Glad that, uh, Arrow are keeping us in the news because um, it was quiet for a while, but they've uh, they're doing some good stuff, even if it's not perfect. Like I'm glad that they're trying. Um, but yeah, shall we? We can't delay any longer. Um, shall we finally talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Saw X. So yeah, like we uh, said at the start of the show, um, the tenth instalment in the Saw franchise, one that fun, is fun fact. Yeah, uh, one that is. Oh, what I was is the say, fun, you fact? Want a fun fact? Yeah, uh, this is the uh, the first Saw movie since Saw Six to have a Roman numeral in the title. <laughs> nice. Do you like that? Do you like yeah, that? I do like that. Um, I thought you like that. I thought you like that. I've been waiting on that one. Yeah, it's not the only thing I, it has in common with uh, with Saw Six, but we'll we'll get to that ooh. later. Um, 
but uh yeah i mean it's it's great to see it you know we've been on such a journey as we said um and this was exciting to see like it was it was a much more low-key thing in general which i think was such the way to do it um because there was so much hype with the last two and with the with the you know change in the titles not necessarily calling them saw movies um straight up and kind of trying different things having like the the cameo of tobin bell and jigsaw which was by far the best part of that film um so then the last movie which was the first one to just not have him in at all um, yeah and so, did we <laughs> i can't even remember yeah he was um, like on a wall like, yeah i think you're right office. yeah he um, definitely was. and so to get to this where they're really doubling down you know they're going back to the glory era um with this movie set in between the first two films um and we've obviously got two massive stars of the franchise returning with obviously tobin bell being front and center and this being his kind of real standalone movie that we've pretty much never had um which is just insane that it's 10 year it's the 10th franchise and we're you know what 13 years since this franchise initially ended with saw 7 um so it's really or saw 3d that it's officially called um so it's kind of crazy to go back to that and of course shawnee smith as well Mm. um so yeah it's uh it's finally here um I guess that's all was the preamble. Do we do we go straight into the plot on this one? Yeah. I mean, I think so. Like, it's so hard to even know where to start to unpack this movie. Mm. Um, like you said, kind of set between Saw 1 and Saw 2. And so we we kind of start the movie kind of with, with John. And he ain't looking great. You know, he's... he's um, he he he's deep in his kind of cancer treatment in his cancer therapy groups and kind of um you know a, a big chunk of the the you know the first act of the movie re- really in its entirety is is John's story of just um struggling with this illness and getting this false hope that um he he can be you know cured um and you know I don't think that's a you know I think What's on the table is the nine movies that preceded this. So the fact that we know, you know, this movie putting it between Saw 1 and 2, we ultimately know the end of John's story, you know. And so I don't think that can be, you know, downplayed. Like, we we know that. So kind of when he got this, like, offer of a a miracle cure and everything else, like, well, I I know where he ended up, so this isn't going to end bad. And that's not a problem. And and it sets up what this movie is, which is then um, he he goes to Mexico for this. You know, he finds out about this radical treatment. He um, find, gets a phone call and finds out that he if he goes to Mexico, he can get this treatment that will that will quote unquote cure his cancer. And um, he goes there, finds out that it's all a sham, and decides to extract revenge on the people that wronged him the only way that he knows how um and i think it's a really you know clever angle how much that you know we've we've said before in horror movies when when you get to a point that your villain is the hero and and that the fact that you're rooting for them you know, when when you watch a Freddy Krueger movie, you're just rooting for him and Jason and these other killers. You just kind of, you know, you've been with them for so long. And I think, like, 
with this, you know, John Kramer as the villain, his big return, you know, they had to make you want to root for him. So they, they made him attack, like, just absolute horrible people throughout this whole movie. And I know that's been, you know, Jigsaw's M.O., kinda, and especially John Kramer's M.O., but in this movie in particular, he's he's really going at people that you that you have absolutely no problem with him getting revenge on because of the way that they treated him. Mm. Um, and yeah, the, the rest of the movie is really him extracting his revenge with, with an old friend, um, you know, and, you know, we, we get to see Amanda making a reappearance. Um, you know, you have to, I'd say you have to get, you have to accept that this movie is set between Saw 1 and 2, even though it's made, you know, 20 years after. And and you have to accept that these characters look very different. Mm. And you just have to go into that world just being like, okay, that is what it is. They're making a movie set between Saw 1 and Saw 2, you know, 20 plus years after these characters were acting in Saw 1 and 2. So, um, it's, you know, you've you got to just accept that. <laughs> yeah. You know, we we haven't got we haven't got that Star Wars money to uh you know turn Hayden Christensen into a young man so we're just gonna we're gonna have to just film them as they are and uh take it as what it is and you know I, I for the large part I don't really have a, I didn't really have a problem with it you know they, they appeared on screen and I was like okay that's you know this is what it is and I just kind of went along with it yeah I think I was prepared because of the trailer yeah. um because it definitely is a suspension of disbelief where you know, particularly with Amanda, you know, we mm. see that shot of her in the trailer of her taking off the pig mask. And I think that's basically the first time you see her actually in the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and immediately I'm like, oh, it's jarring. But will I get used to it? And then kind of the first couple of scenes, I'm like, no, it is jarring. Um, and, I, and I'm just going to have to accept it now, because like you say, it's that is the one thing that I think, um, you know, in future rewatches, I do think story wise, um, this will go so well as a companion between those first two films. And I think that would be such an interesting way for someone to certainly, if you've never seen it, but even if you're rewatching them, to watch one, then watch X, and then watch two, um, and obviously finish off the trilogy at that point. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you not think? Because well, like for the first time, do you mean? Well, I think just in general, like that's what I would like to do going forward because. I yeah, think maybe story. maybe if you've watched a lot with the story, but I think like that reveal in two, like you know, if you've not seen it, you shouldn't be watching X. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point actually, because I did. Th- that was what confused me because I, I initially I thought, thought it was this was two and three. Mm, yeah, like yeah. it's weird, right? Because I'm I'm actually there with you now, where even though it's technically set between one and two, you probably yeah, you should watch two before this. Yeah, it's like a first time viewing. I massively, I massively thought this was set between two and three. I did I as well. I watched yeah. the whole movie thinking it was set between two and three, and it wasn't until we got ready to record the podcast that I mm. looked into it a little bit, and I was like, oh, they're saying this is set between one and two. Because, yeah, it feels way more that Amanda is established as, you know, Jigsaw's accomplice. And I guess that the problem is when we start to get into Saw timelines, it's like, holy fuck. Because, mm. you know, there, there's like a four-hour window that three movies are set in. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, oh, okay. They probably realize that there's no way to set it between two and three because 
three went instantly into four that went instantly into six that instantly went into seven and then it went back to five and then it went do you know what i mean and it just you know it's chaos um exactly. so, i also think it's the inverse of that where with one two and three there is we have no idea how much time took place between those three films and the only way that we can kind of discern time is the state of john because his yeah. he well, got or, or the he state was, of uh the, the you know the, the the rotten carcasses in the bathroom yeah true um let's just like you know cut them and count the ridges in the body but um yeah. like it's because he really is like in a bad state in all of two um you know in a way worse state than he is in this film um which again makes sense this being before it um and then by the time we get to three yeah no 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 two like he's really like he needs like an entire um, machine and everything he's so bad he's like coughing constantly can barely talk whereas and then i think once we get to three he is literally bedridden and and cannot Mm. barely do anything at that point um so this is like him kind of somewhat mobile um, which again makes sense that I'm perfectly fine with. Um, but I also love that God, this is such a sore conversation. We've got so bogged down in the minutia of the past. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's one it's one though where like I almost wish they'd have just hit the the fuck you button where where they'd just be like, Do you know what? It's just it's set after Saw, you know it, it set after the first Saw movie. John Kramer's the killer, Amanda's joined him, like, let's go. Because mm. it does, it does get muddy. Like the second you start to try to fit this in, that he just fucked off to Mexico for some treatment. <laughs> yeah, and let alone the fact that it's like I'm going to try my best to avoid spoilers here because I don't. Mm. I'm trying to think. Like before I say, yeah. I don't think any of this is spoilery. But he he is he is known in Mexico. Like the jigsaw yeah. killer is known in ne- in Mexico. I, I wanted to bring that up because you know not I, and again. I, I'm going to go into part of, you know, what what the movie, you know, when when it when it starts to unfold and when he starts to have people caught in the traps. It's one thing that I found very um, odd because this movie is very much the Tobin Bell show, and I have no problem with that because he's awesome. But we've never had a, 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 a jigsaw, or you know, or, or not a jigsaw, but a saw movie where he is just revealing himself to everyone mm, yeah you know the second people wake up in the trap they don't see the puppet they don't see the pig mask they don't just have a you know and at points like um the 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 the, the um cassette recording was all also irrelevant because he's in the room john yeah. kramer's just stood there next to you like and then he's going like play the tape will you i can't be bothered to say it again like it's it's weird. I found that how involved he was with the victims, and I, I gotta be honest, it did create a problem for me. Like I did, I did find it to be a bit um, disingenuous to the rest of the move, the rest of the movies before it. And I I get it that like I said, this is the Tobin Bell show, and I love him as Jigsaw, so why not get as much of him as possible. But him, when he was talking with the victims and stuff, it just, it, it felt weird, you know, to me. And I think um, that happens a lot with this movie where it kind of, it, it, it kind of just wants to give you everything. And it, it really is kind of like a, a fan letter to the franchise where it's like, oh, you love Tobin Bell. Let's just give you a fuck ton of him. You love the doll? Yeah, we'll give you him. 
you love this yeah we'll give you that and like i i don't want to complain because they are just trying to give us what we want but i did i did find that bit weird that like tobin bell was just interacting with with the, the victims just just far too much in my opinion yeah, like I, I didn't have a problem with it. I think what we've seen um, in previous Saw movies is, and I agree with you, you, the second point, which I'll get to as well, but like we have seen precedent for this, but it's very limited. So I agree with you that this is the most we've ever seen of him interacting directly with victims in the middle or before or after certain traps. Um, but it's not unprecedented. Like, we have seen it with, like, the guy who, who you know, um, made Jill miscarriage and stuff like that, that he was just in the room explaining him the trap and stuff. So it has happened. Um, and yeah, I do think so personal, though. Yeah, like, that's, that what was, was, that's what I was then getting that, to, was yeah. I think that there's a reason for it in this film because this is personal mm. to John. Um, this isn't oh, I saw a random person on the street that I think I can fix. This is, these people specifically wrong, wronged John Kramer. And so this is a revenge film, um, first Ooh. and foremost. And I think that's why it works, is because this is like, this is John with a personal vendetta against people that have wronged him in a way that we, again, aside from like a couple of people, you know, specifically that guy with Jill, it's just random people. Um, you know, that he doesn't really have any affiliation with, where this is so unbelievably specific to him in a way that we've never seen before. So I agree with you that it is twofold of like, it's, it serves the purpose because it gets Tobin Bell in a room talking to people, which we all want to see. And it's fantastic. But I do think it made sense here. Like if he was doing it with, um, some other stuff, like the first trap we see in the movie, um, which is a real strange one because it is the, say, yeah. it's the main trap on the posters the poster. and everything. Um, and the way this goes down is like this was there's like two traps I have a problem with. And unfortunately, it's the first trap and the last trap. Um, and this one was like real disappointing because of oh man, I mean, we're scared and we're going to have to just talk spoiler at some point because I don't want to spoil something that happens like early on. But like it's it's basically forced into the movie in a way that doesn't feel natural and i and i get it because the rest of the of the first probably 40 minutes of this movie is very slow uh, but i mean it yeah. in a good way like it's it's concentrating on character and a story in a way that we haven't seen for a while um and I really respect that. I respect the boldness of the vision to just be like, no, we're just going to tell the story of a guy who's at his limit in his life and is desperate for any sort of relief and to find a way out of this for some sort of hope um, because the world is so hopelessness, to, you know, filled with hopelessness for him at this point. And so I love that. And it really is like fascinating to see this this um, side of John that we've never seen before. Yeah, he's and you're very vulnerable. Yeah, you have to remind yourself, like, it's a horror film because that's what... And, and it's specifically a sore film. Like, you know, these are films that do well to a casual audience that want a very specific thing. And, and so I get why they had to shoehorn in this one trap that I didn't like um, because otherwise there would have been nothing horror-y for the first 40 minutes. But again, the rest of it... it maybe it, even longer. Yeah, but it, it really didn't need it because it was all great stuff. And I think my only downfall with the first sort of the setup of this film is twofold and i i do want to blame it more on the trailer just because 
I fucking hate trailers. Um, <laughs> and went against my, you know, normal um, traditions of not watching trailers because it was a Saw movie. And, of course, we wanted to talk about it. But it was annoying because you're like, you're watching it and it's all so well done and, and so well kind of character created. I loved seeing Cecilia, the doctor, and um, Isabella, uh, Gabriella um, and Carlos and, like, all these people that John's interacting with. But we, we know where it goes, unfortunately, because of the trailer. Um, but then it is what you said as well, is that fundamentally, even if I hadn't seen the trailer, we know that John doesn't get cured of his cancer. Yeah. Um, we know that he still had the tumor in his head when he died. So, like, it is one of those things of, like, yeah, the trailer did ruin it for me. But it's like, come on, would I would I have fell for it, I guess, is the point. Yeah, because it did I, do I such a good problem. job of, like, of actually making you believe it at times because i think they're so well acted in terms of their genuineness and and john just has such like a giddy excitement and like a oh this is going to be it for me like it's weird that we know exactly what happens and we know it doesn't end well and i've seen the trailer but there were still moments in it where i was like shit what's gonna happen like is he gonna be cured of it and then it's like another issue that reoccurs or something so i was really fascinated by that what did you make of um i guess just like the first 40 minutes you know up until it becomes a more traditional well, think, sort of movie of people in traps um i completely agree that the that they needed they needed a saw trap at the beginning of the movie mm. and they they absolutely should have that it's a saw movie you know and the traps are everything and i think they should have just let it happen more genuinely and just be like oh yeah we're just going to show jigsaw doing a random trap yeah which would have been fine because he they've already established he is doing that at this point yeah you know that was the best part about the first movie when we were like in the bathroom and we were finding out like oh shit he's done this multiple times before and like how many times has he done this and that's the question mark between saw one and saw two how many people did he put through traps Mm. and if you ask lionsgate it's seven thousand and if you look at the, the the timeline yeah, if you look at the timeline, we only know like half a dozen, mm. you know, and it's somewhere between those two. Um, <laughs> and so I just think the movie should have opened with a traditional saw trap, just a really good trap. And then, you know, give us the gore, give us the bloodshed and then boom into a John story for 40 minutes. And that's that's not what the movie did with the trap. It really did shit the bed with it, I think. Yeah. Um, but then beyond that, yeah, I... I even what I was saying, like, I know where he ends up in Saw 3. Um, there were points in this movie that I did feel like, fuck, have they lied to us? Are they are they retconning it? Like, mm. is, is he good? And it is that hope, because it is this weird thing where, like, I think anyone that loves Saw is a little bit like, oh, it's a shame John died in 3. You know, like, it probably, no, you know. I've never felt that. <laughs> oh i don't know like i think you know you look at every movie since three they've wanted him to be alive still (laughs) Mm. the fact that we've got multiple movies that happened in on the same day as three just shows that like don't get me wrong we loved what it became and hoffman and everything else but the movie fucked itself when the voice of saw you know died with with john um you know and and so i i was like oh are they just gonna wreck on it and you know i'm glad they didn't because that gets messy and but yeah it did give me false hope at times Mm. um and yeah i did 
it got to the point where I was like, oh, I'm just like enjoying this this origin story, even though it's not really, you know, it's not giving me horror. It's just a really good, well done story, and I like seeing Tobin Bell on screen as John Kramer a lot. Yeah, um, you know, was was ultimately where I ended with it, and and just kind of, you know, knew the fuckery was coming, and at that point, it gave you the justification. Where, you know, sometimes in these traps, you look at them and you're like, oh, man, I feel for this victim. Like, I want them to live. Every one of these people, the second he locked them all in a room, I'm like, great, let's see these fuckers die. <laughs> yeah, they really <laughs> you know because that, that's been something that has been, you know, inconsistent throughout the films, yeah. um, even when it was good, of, like, trying to find real scumbags to put in these traps. And I do think that this is spending so much time with them helps because normally typically what we see is people just thrown into traps yeah, and then, then we'll we even get, yeah like with the tape or you know the intro or it'll be through Ooh. the course of a whole film where sometimes we'll get reveals as to why they're in there if they're like the main characters in a in a big trap um but like this is great because no you're just seeing them do what they do in the real world and that is be you know complete con artists um and scamming the most vulnerable people in the world um and so to see that transpire i found to be fascinating and so yeah even though we knew we're getting to a point of like yeah this is a scam and he's gonna try and get them back seeing that unfold but then when we get to those initial moments of like him having the surgery and all that stuff i was like man i can't wait to get the reveal mm. and, and then getting the reveal and then immediately being like okay now he's on his own in Mexico. Like, how on earth is he going to suddenly track all these people down? Um, and I think that's done really well as well, um, which we'll get to more in the spoilers. But I think that's kind of... I have friends. Yeah, it's explained quickly and, and, and efficiently in a way that, like, if you know Saw, it makes perfect sense and moves the narrative on quickly. Whereas I think for, for a more casual audience they won't really care they're like oh yeah he just made some calls and and now these people are locked up and now now we get to the stuff that we want to see you know the traps whereas so like i think they they really dodge so many pitfalls like this is something that we said about last week going into this film was like are they going to avoid the many pitfalls that the recent sequels have done and like coming out of it i really think they did i think they just they doubled down on the things that we've been missing for so long um and i think that one of the big notes I made was talking about fan service, which you've already mentioned. And like, for me, I think fan service is, it gets such a bad rap. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a bad, it's perceived thing. as a bad term and it really shouldn't be like, why not give fans what they want? You know, yeah. <laughs> context is so important. And I think when it comes to specifically films, yes, there's going to be, director's visions and artistic merit and all of that good stuff but specifically with franchise films and specifically with a 10th installment especially when in my opinion the last three have really shit the bed for fans if you're not trying to do fan service why on earth are you making a 10th saw film it yeah, just makes no else. sense exactly like so to me you can't talk about fan service in a negative connotation with a 10th franchise film it doesn't work that way they're only still making fast and the furious movies for the fans and all of these other franchises that live on for so many years so i don't 
buy that for a second and i can only speak from my experience but for me there's only one thing in this whole film that i think is a step too far in terms of fan service um which i can't say right now because it's a spoiler but we'll get to that but everything else i think is is spot on it's it's perfectly what i want and yes is there tapes is there traps is there billy you know is the song there like the you know all of the things you'd expect in a saw movie are there um but i think they're all done really well and and was really um effective and it and for the first time it felt like saw that was something that we keep saying and keep trying to hammer home with those recent films is how much they just lacked the identity of a saw film and yeah. i think going back to basics yes tobin bell is going to do a lot of the heavy lifting which he does so brilliantly you know and he is incredible in this film um we had hoped that he would be good i think he way exceeds my expectations i really wondered if he could carry a saw film in 2023 and he does it flawlessly in a way that is so remarkable um and so we get to see some of the best john we've ever seen um let alone the most um you know 10th the 10th film and we're still breaking boundaries with that which i think is so exciting because saw always had a lot of they would waste a lot of time with 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 sometimes characters that you didn't wasn't the biggest fans of um and so i think for them to be like no this is john's story this is personal to him i think as well like this story which you know we were aware of going in because of the trailer but i think it's a really genius way of doing it you know we talked about before that it is similar ish to what we saw in saw six how like the medical companies were you know were screwing him over with his insurance because they didn't want to pay for his treatment in america and i think like a slight twist on that of having him go for this more radical you know off the grid form of treatment that ends up being a scam is like that's so clever man and it, and it's so perfect that it's they even say in the film it's like of all the people you could scam you scammed john kramer yeah um it's so good isn't it like it's such a good idea for a standalone saw film i think because it fits perfectly with john like john's character is a guy who's at the end of his um life li- literally yeah. exactly but he's always been vulnerable like that's always been something that is fascinating with john because of what's happened to him with with jill and with his life um i think he is someone that would fall for something like this because unfortunately these are vulnerable people that like we said before don't have any other hopes and they want to rely on the the unthinkable you know they want that ma- they talk about it like the magic beans and it's like you 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 desperately want it more than anything to be real even though you know in your heart your hearts it's probably not going to be true mm. definitely i think like this this movie really um hurts my brain mm. because there's there's so much shit going on and particularly if you're a, such a fan of the franchise like we are we've you know, we've got nine movies that precede this. We've got six awesome movies. We've got the last three that sucked. And so it's like, you know, can this movie get it back to the heights that it did prior? And I'm like, this is, this is right in so many wrongs, but it's also, it, it didn't quite feed me what I wanted it to feed me in a lot of ways as well. And so I, I was torn and i think i'm more torn on it than and and i wonder like rewatches whether i feel less torn and whether i'm being more critical because of what's been or what came before i really don't know but it just hurts my brain Mm. because um there were a lot of things to like you know i think tobin bell and and john kramer you know was fantastic jigsaw 
was very different to what he was. I think, um, you know, Billy, the use of Billy was worked really well. You know, we, he got a really nice moment and I think that's what he needed. The, I think the recordings were pointless because he's in the fucking room. And so why have them? Mm. There's, um, in, you know, I, I think the, 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 when we get all of these characters, you know, mild spoilers, when they're all just trapped in this room, it then becomes like in, incoherent as to what this, this game is, you know, we've seen in the past that, you know, if there's multiple people in the room, it's like a, you know, it's a multiple person game and there's multiple things going on. And it were, and, and that wasn't it. It was just a case of John going to Amanda, like, Oh, start that one will you and then that and then the person going i'm not doing it and then they pull a switch and then it starts and it was it was multiple single games with everyone else in the room and that felt a little bit strange um i i do feel as well like when i start to go into the the games and the actual you know the, the, the traps that happened they were incredibly gory and at times made me made my stomach churn like there there's a couple of them that are just like really rough to watch so hard to watch the sound and, and the violence um but once it had happened i was like man is every every one of these saw traps gonna be like you gotta cut off a body part and can you cut off enough in the time time frame mm. and it and it and, and, and I, almost every trap in the movie was that and I think that is almost something that um, I felt was a critique of Saw historically and wasn't true because I felt like the traps always did stuff that were fresh and different. And there was sometimes that, but it wasn't always that. That was that was the thing for the whole movie for me, where it was just mm. like, here's the trap star. OK, cut off an arm. Can you do it quick? Can you can you cut off your arm in a minute? And then that's just, that's just every trap. Yeah. Like, can he cut off an arm in a minute? Can he cut off a leg in a minute? And I was just like, mm, it's just, they, they didn't feel unique and special. Like the, you know, the heyday was. And and that's where this movie sits for me, where I'm like, I, I, I don't want to bring the last three movies into question in particular, the last two, like, you know, since the movie, since the, the franchise was in its heyday, they've had two attempts to bring it back and they've been tragic and this isn't tragic, but it also feels like it's not fully achieving what it was back in the day with things like that, where the traps were unsatisfying. I think, um, I wasn't when credits rolled, I wasn't satisfied with, with where everything had ended up. And I was like, God damn it. I need, I need a bit more. And then we, we did get a post credit scene, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but that didn't, it, it gave me something, but it didn't give me the answers to, to, to this where I'm like, Oh, we're watching these scumbags. And in particular, certain characters where I'm like, I really need them to get their just desserts. And you know, it, that, that was a little bit unsatisfying that the traps were like, I say, you know, it was the same thing over and over again. John being interacting with with the victims, I I do fully get your point, and I do look at it a little bit differently with that lens. That you know, it is very personal, but it's the fact that um, 
the uh, what what's the doctor's name the the Cecilia. lady that, yeah she she's literally like oh yeah i know i know who you are you know she she kind of calls him out on it like oh yeah you know you're you're the jigsaw killer and i'm like what i'm like it feels like they're talking in 2023 even though they're going to be talking between saw one saw two mm. and so do you know what i mean like there's just there's just a few bits like that that I feel like I'm being overly critical, but ultimately for me as like a mega fan, I, I do start to put, put these things in, in in place with it where I'm like, oh, okay, that, that feels weird for the timeline that everyone knows who John Kramer and the Jigsaw Killer is in Mexico, you know, and, you know, the traps just, just felt a little bit like they'd be having, a, you know, him and Amanda would just be having a chat and then they'd be like, oh yeah, pro- probably start the next trap, you know, it's been a, it's been a while. The The audience needs some bloodshed. Can, can someone cut off an arm and die, please? You know, and there, you know, there were little bits like that where it, it, it delivered on a lot of things and this is not, a, it's not bad, but, but it certainly didn't give me like this, the highs of, of the, the, the franchise that preceded it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Cause I, I definitely agree yeah. and disagree with a lot of it. Um, I think like, Overall, I definitely like the movie more um, because it was they they've just delivered what I didn't think was possible at this point, which is just a good, fun Saw film. And I do think that's what it is. I don't think it is some like ground shattering thing. I don't think it suddenly makes Saw relevant in 2023 and we're now back in the yearly cycle or anything. Yeah, like we're that. now getting one every. Yeah, exactly. Every 12 yeah. months. And I think like it's it's a shame because there's a. I always, in my mind, I keep comparing it to Scream this year um, because they they did something which, uh, like, no other horror franchise has ever done. And so to to kind of respect Legacy and then to move on from something that I love and make me way more excited for the future now than seeing Legacy return. Um, And so Saw's never going to be able to do that, like, ever. So for them to just go hard on Legacy and just go hard on john and amanda i'm perfectly fine with because i i've i've lost faith that they they're gonna make me love characters like i loved john and amanda and hoffman in the original films i just know that's not gonna happen um so i'll just take this for what it is um i think with with the traps like i i disagree with the fact that um with them being in a room um and then just having like individual traps i don't i don't have a problem with that at all um the incoherency of it that like they they didn't flow i think is the thing yeah that's fair but um i just want to say like it's for for me it's again it it goes with this being a medical team and this they're all being in this together i i think it's part of the traps is that he wants them all to see what's going to happen to them and so i don't yeah i don't mind them being in the same room i I get with you that it feels a little bit random um of who's doing what and especially when there's a real confusing tiny subplot involving amanda um where (laughs) she kind of helps someone because she makes someone else go before them and it's so unclear as to why she did that um you know the drug addiction yeah like i'm they're trying to show amanda is still weak at this point and she keeps saying you know like i'm not ready to do this without you and you're gone and he's kind of telling her like you're ready and i know that goes exactly into the demise of amanda um in free Mm. um but like 
I didn't need that reminder here. I would have much rather it had been more like he's teaching her the ropes rather because then that feels more way closer to the end of three which i don't think this movie is again getting into the state of john kramer which is such a shit show um so i didn't need that um and then the traps themselves like yeah they are exactly what you said of like it it, they do just follow the same thing of just how much self-mutilation can you do in a short period of time and it it was fascinating like i've always wondered with saw how like we've known this for a while but not all traps are created equal and like some traps are laughably easy and some traps are basically impossible and that's not even talking about when they are actually impossible um in the later sequels with like hoffman and his fuckery but i'm on about just straight up john kramer he actually wants to test human beings traps some of them are like like the again which we'll we'll get to in the spoilery but the final trap which is saved for our big bad villain is oh. a joke in comparison to what one of her random lowly people has to do um and i'm dying to say it but i'll save it for the for the for the spoilers but it's like come on like what that guy has to do and and if you've seen the film we all know what i'm talking about in such a short period of time is like arguably the hardest trap anyone's ever been given in all 10 films i think and he and he's so close to succeeding as well i mean he literally does what he was asked of um and still doesn't succeed and that happens a couple of times which i always find to be a little bit frustrating Um, which one just remind me a little bit of that guy the brain one oh that yeah that's obscene yeah it's it's crazy (laughs) like it's so crazy and so what what happened in my mind as well is we get one proper trap before that which is pretty fucking gnarly and i i think overall pound for pound is the best trap in the in the film um vi- like v- graphics you know violence wise the performance kind of like thinking like oh are they gonna get it or are they not and it really going down to the wire like i loved everything about that one yeah i thought that was fantastic um and because we hadn't seen multiple you know self-mutilations at that point yeah. as well, that yeah. worked so i thought Agreed. that was that, that one was one that made me feel a bit ill yeah that was like really really good and so then i really thought it would require a bit more nuance and a bit more maybe thinking uh with later ons whereas no it was always just like no it's just going to be a a variation on this but not as good um but then when we go to the brain one after that i'm like oh damn we're ramping up quickly i'm like man if these are the first two i can't wait to see what the what the rest of the traps are Mm -hmm. and and then they go they go a bit soft like the one after that is not the worst i think it's fairly doable to survive um and then the last one um is ridiculous it's a joke it's like such a piece of piss especially for the person that they put in it specifically it was so obvious what was going to happen and it Um, made me really angry like like, i did i left that trap feeling very dissatisfied and angry i still am yeah which we'll we'll definitely get to spoilers soon um but yeah so it's like it definitely has these small issues that that is there for sure and like um I couldn't believe that, and I think it is in the part that we, the, the, again, this is just a small portion, because I love Cecilia overall as a character. I think she's fantastic. Mm, yeah. um, but there was that one point of, I think it was in the same part of her, you know, basically saying she know who John Kramer was, which I didn't like. Mm. And then she says the fucking jig fucking saw line, which, like, yeah. I couldn't believe they put in this film. I, like laughed out loud because i was like holy shit they are obsessed with putting this dog shit line in these films because i always think of these recent films i don't know why my mind always defaults to jig fucking saw 
and because I, I, I just I know for a fact that they never would have said that line in the first six films, and yeah. I don't know it always stuck with me. So the fact that they even snuck that in into a good Saw film that I really like blows my mind because I'm like they just couldn't help themselves, could they? They were like, ah, I didn't land the first time. Maybe let's just try it again. Um, so like I say, there are these small things that don't work, Ooh. but I think there are again really good elements i think two things that are massively sore to me that i was really excited about and why i was you know really fulfilled as a sore fan the color palette is back it's it's classic saw you know with the kind of orange and blue hues in the warehouse scenario and i really wondered if that would still work because it is so classic to that original film that then made the sequels and but it it does it feels great it feels natural it feels like yep this is what it should look like um so i was really happy with just the overall look and tone of this film um and then the music like we talked about the trailer having this kind of Ooh, licensed slow down song and and i'm saying and you know i said like i get it that's what modern day saw would have but it doesn't feel like saw to me i want generic rock music playing in the background and that's exactly what we got throughout this entire film you know we got pre- basically like generic tension building music until we got the classic song and so there wasn't some random bit where I was like, oh, they're playing Hez X popular song done ironically, you know, and I'm so happy because I really thought when when um, Billy is first arrived, I really thought that would be accompanied with an ironic song, an ironic yeah. like ease slow down cover. You no, know? it was it was very it was it, it was um, very consistent with the franchise, you know, the way it looked and and particularly sounded, you know, and I think. You know, uh, it's the first. It's the first time in years that I've seen that Lionsgate logo. Do you know what I mean? We were seeing that every year, mm. and and the second you saw that logo, you were like, "Oh fuck!" The second this logo disappears, we're going to get a gnarly trap. And like, the, the it popped up on screen in the cinema, and I just had this flashback of like so many years ago, and thinking like, "Oh shit, here we go!" And you know, they they didn't have that for the last couple of movies. I'm no, certain of it. Back. Yeah, they brought that back yeah. for this one. And, and I was like, you know, instantly that got me back into that headspace of like, oh, yeah, this this is just a predecessor to the, you know, this is just a sequel to Saw 7 that they decided to just set between Saw 1 and Saw 2. Mm. And, you know, it did definitely feel like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're, I feel like we should get to spoilers because there's, like, so mm. much that we've been dancing around. Yeah. Um, but I guess, yeah, like overall, or I guess recommendations, um, I, I would highly recommend this. Like if you're a long-suffering Saw fan like we are, um, I definitely think this is kind of builds the franchise back up and, it, and is a, like I'll be more than happy for it to go away now because I think this is what this has shown me, that like this is as good as it can be. And it's very good. Like I'm, I think it's very enjoyable. I've already recommended it to some Saw fans that I know who where I actively told them not to watch the last two and they didn't um where i'm like no you should see this because i think if you're a fan of the franchise and specifically you know tobin bell and john kramer you're gonna get so much out of this like i was giddy in the cinema watching so many points of him just talking um and being like man why did we go away from this for so long you know like it we said before this felt like it was out of an alternate universe where they should have made this years ago and listen that's in the past i'm just glad we had this film now like i say it's a shame because we could have had so much more from this franchise than what we've had but this 
goes a long way in you know in you know instilling that confidence and being like yep i don't care about the future right now at all i'm just happy that we got a fun standalone john kramer movie finally after all these years and so yeah i would highly recommend it from that standpoint for any sort of fan yeah fuck i think that's the that's the problem is i I agree that like and i think that's the thing that like seeing this movie and seeing how good a job they did with with a lot of it i i did i did walk away thinking like god damn it i wish we could have had what what i hoped we could have had do you, do you know what i mean and and ultimately this movie you know can't do that because we've got the stuff that's happened before and we're in 2023 now um but yeah you know that frustration aside i think you know yeah this this movie is very good it it didn't fully deliver for me, but it delivered more than Saw has in a decade. <laughs> mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to downplay that. Um, it, it it doesn't get back to the, the original heights, but it still, it, it gave me a love letter enough where I felt satisfied mostly. I think the only, the only thing is, is that I, I was, I was let down by the diversity of the traps um mm. and and you know i i wanted a bit more from that and and with them all being in the same room i just kind of i think it just took away from giving us these individual experiences and if it doesn't give us that it doesn't give us a reveal you know normally when we've got a group of people together it's like oh okay who's the real asshole or what's the reveal but we knew everything once they're all in the room and so then it was just like, oh, let's just see him get fucked up. And and they didn't, you know, that wasn't what I wanted them to, to you know, to have happen to him. Um, so I was left, you know, a bit, bit dissatisfied by that, but definitely, you know, satisfied with the amount of John Kramer I got and and a lot of the other stuff. You know, they they did more, they did more right than wrong. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, full spoiler alert. Um, because we we need to digest and and dissect um, so many different yeah. things from this film, but we have to start with one with one man and one man only. Because man, we've waited so long for this. Like I again, I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. Because I never mm. thought it would ever happen. We we've speculated for years in these sequels about are they ever going to give Hoffman his flowers and you know kind of give him his due in this franchise and stop acting like he wasn't a part of it for so long um and again this to me was something that yes I would have liked more but what I got I think was was brilliant for this film I think the the three times that he's intersected within the movie which is the first time you know he's on the phone he's like i need some help finding these people detective i think that yeah like that is that's the perfect way of doing it i kind of shot up and and then the funny thing is i started doubting myself immediately because i was like oh this is me being a fucking idiot again just like i did in the last two films thinking i was i was completely uh, on believed it straight away because i I, absolutely absolutely i did i had the ptsd where i couldn't i was like i was like it has to be hoffman but i like i couldn't fully believe it and then obviously we hear his voice um Mm. on the phone which because i think it is just cutting back to that scene isn't it prior um of him like finding them all and so you hear it and i'm like i'm like that is him like that's crazy it's actually him and obviously getting to the final um the post-credit sequence um and it and you know i assumed it would be something else involving hoffman not what we got 
um mm. but i was super happy because that was a massive loose end like one of the loose ends unfortunately there are quite a few um but that was one that i really did want to know about the the guy who initially recommends this place the yeah treatment. i was waiting for him to get his come up and yeah, well, I was fascinated because again, this was a. I loved this scene early on when he when he bumps into him after the the cancer, um, you know, uh, mm. you know, uh, meeting or whatever it's called. I forgot the word, um, but like yeah, you know, self help or whatever, yeah, therapy. Like that was an awesome sequence as well, and something mm-hmm. that we've speculated on over the years of of that happening in a Saw film, which finally happened. But then um, I loved that. It felt so genuine to me and it felt real in that yeah. guy's face. And, and like he genuinely was like, I can't believe it. You know, so I wondered, like, had he just been scammed? And I was I'm, I'm going to say mildly disappointed that he was in on it because it was just another like, yeah, of course, everyone in this world's awful. Because um, I did kind of wish he was scammed and then they'd have to like break it to him to be like, yeah, sorry, like you yeah, have still got it. Sorry. Yeah, and, like, that would have been, you know, still dark and, and, and sad, but, like, I get it. It makes a lot more sense for the movie to just be like, yep, it's another awful person, and guess what that means in this world? Someone else to put in a trap. Um, so it makes sense. And then, yeah, so to see Hoffman there in the flesh, in all of his glory, he oh, looked fantastic. Um, I'll cherish it. Like, it's, it'll be one of my favorite moments of the year, was finally seeing Hoffman on screen. It was fantastic. Was next to, to John Kramer as well, yeah. and just interacting with him face-to-face with a victim in front of him. It, it, was, it, it was truly fantastic. And it is, you know, it, it's one of them things where you look at it both ways, where I, I love looking at it the way that you described, where you're just like, oh, yeah, we just take this. It's like, we, we finally got it. Mm. But but then part of me is just like, oh, I want so much more. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, well, like, it's I interesting. because it, I'm like, oh, you motherfuckers, I want it so badly. And yeah. you know I want it. You know I want it. That's why you leave it as a post-credit scene. You know, it's 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 like putting Yoshi in the post-credit scene for Mario. It's like, you bastards, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we know we want it, just give it to us. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, like I say, as a standalone film, and if this is it, and I'm more than happy right now to just be content, um, mm. it does leave it in such an interesting place because with Hoffman, there's so much more they can do, but then there is the huge loose end and i think something that we're both unanimous on in terms of how yeah. unsatisfying it was um which is cecilia living i think it's crazy yeah. i think it's absolutely absurd i think that you know to backtrack as a character in this movie phenomenal i think she's so good as a villain i think she's so good as a folly to john um and the back and forth they have aside from that one you know weird scene where she knows who he is and says jig fucking sore i think the rest of all of their back and forths when she's in character and being the nice person or when her mask has slipped i loved all of that you know like how she just immediately guts the woman and gets the intestines out is just insane um so i loved her as a character but she is arguably the singular most despicable person we've ever had in saw you know she she is unequivocally yeah she is scamming the the vulnerable she is more than willing to kill innocent people she is more than willing to kill innocent children um she Mm. straight up murders um someone who she knows and then immediately throws her partner you know to the wolves to save her own skin and so she is 
awful she has no redeeming qualities and she gets to live and i know what people say well she won the trap well that gets to my second point the last trap's a joke it's way yeah. too fucking easy and the fact that it is a two-person only one of you can live trap it then just becomes painfully obvious that she's gonna screw him over because that's ultimately what she's so uh, shown we've yeah. also had really obvious dialogue which i didn't like because it was mm. it was very on the nose like you know she's gonna kill you right you know she'll burn you alive right oh, and, and it was that, that was annoying to me because i could just see it, it being like me. i was like man please don't cut back to this and of course they did and i was like mate it happened 10 minutes ago you don't need to do a cut back to something 10 yeah. minutes ago um so to her to end because i you know when the movie end and, and i was happy because i loved seeing the three of them walk out together and it kind of fade into saw i was like man this is such a, a an almost beautiful way to end a saw film for the first time which i loved it really gave me like hope in a weird way um <laughs> but i really needed that final scene of hoffman just being like yeah fuck this bitch and him just going and straight up murdering her because that is what hoffman does he doesn't believe in these traps so he's like yeah, no he if you're a killer. person yeah he's a serial killer so i would have been more than happy to see that that would have been awesome for me um so yeah there is this huge loose end that it's like i if that's where they're going with a potential sequel that's already a bit annoying because it's like it is what it is but i don't think we're going to get that because the direction of the last three films have all gone in vastly different directions at times so there is something that yeah this is a film that i really like but there is something that is is annoying because watching it back i really I was looking forward to seeing Cecilia's yeah. conclusion. It I was wanted, something I I was going to be awesome. That shit crazy trap and just mm. her to get fucked up because she deserved it. Yeah, and I wanted no. her confidence to be her downfall because that mm. was what I thought they were setting up. She was so cocky and arrogant. And I was like, oh, you're going to think this trap's simple and you've miscalculated something and that's going to be your downfall. But no, it was yeah. just a really easy trap that she could win. Yeah, and I think I think that's it. And it just visually it wasn't a fun trap either you know and and it and it was very dissatisfying for that to be the finale of the movie with the trap you know and i think um you know it it was one where like if they hadn't given me that post-credit scene i i it almost i almost didn't get back to where i should have been with that crazy scene and seeing hoffman after all this time Mm. because of how salty i felt by the ending you know Mm. where i I was actively frustrated by it and and i think um you know uh, to to have like like you say the worst person that we've we've had in this entire franchise and for them not to get their just desserts and i think the whole point of john's traps is people that survive them survive them and grow as a person yeah and they they get they they change because of what John did. You know, he, she he helped down on what she is as a person. Sorry? <laughs> she got to double down on who she already yeah, was as yeah, a person. Exactly. They're like, Oh, you want to be a piece of shit? Go on then be a piece of shit. And she's like, yeah. Okay, that's exactly what I'll do. And then she lives. But it's so weird, isn't it? You the, know? The and, thing and, about it, it really isn't a John Trap at all. No, and and I think that's like a lot of my feeling in this movie that there's, there's a chunk of stuff where it's like it, it's doing everything that I want it to do, but there are just so many parts of it that don't feel quite right. You know, Mm. John talking a lot to the, to the victims. I, I see where you're coming from with it and, you know, but it still felt a little bit off 
the 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 fact that they just didn't, didn't keep flowing and there was so much kind of just disconnect between them all and gaps and 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 then yeah just just this one at the end you know uh, it 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 was it it was someone doing their best job of what the saw movies were and they did a better job of the last two um you know but it but it still just didn't quite get to that level and like this one in particular where it's like yeah when someone really deserves it they they need to get like wrecked you know and and she really didn't um, yeah, because but, I think it's credit to the film that they've created someone that we hate that much. Because again, yeah. I can't think of someone watching a Saw movie that I've actively been looking forward to it. You know, and that's something yeah. that is genuinely good writing and something which Correct. every Saw movie should strive strive to do is to have someone that you're actively like getting giddy in your seat, being like, "Ah, oh, we've had to see like not not innocent, but maybe some like deluded people or some you know arguably these people yeah, that are, yeah, they're her team, but they're like vulnerable in their own way and were taken advantage of by her." Um, you know, and they, yes, they did bad things, but you know, maybe it was similar. You know, it is very similar to Amanda in that sense of like, you know, not to get into it, but like it's, it's very interesting the more you think about it. And so, like, there really is only one true big baddie in this film, and for them to just get away and for it to end with her head in that slot, yeah. which is just so easily killable. You know, it's just sticking yeah. there, just ready to be killed, and they just walk away. And I'm like, oh man, like I just needed Hoffman to go in there with a fucking giant axe, you know? Like that would have yeah. just been the perfect conclusion to this film. Um, yeah, just her like laughing with her head out, and then just mm. the axe goes through her head, and then you just see Hoffman, and then he just goes walks off with Amanda and John, and I'd be like, oh, okay, sweet. <laughs> yeah, like I just I <laughs> needed know? that. Um, yeah, because that would have been great. The the uh, the um the thing I mentioned earlier with um fan service and the only mm. thing that I was like, oh, this is a step too far is the use of the bathroom um in that final sequence it's <laughs> it is laughable like it is the one thing that makes me eye roll and it's a shame because it's in this great moment i'm happy they tied up this loose end i'm happy i got an answer to that question early on and i'm buzzing yeah. to see hoffman and him interact with john but why the fuck is it gotta be in that goddamn bathroom man like it's it's so i get it it's awesome we all love it but it is specifically them being in it at that time makes no sense what so they just took this one random dude into the bathroom like yeah, but also, so, so we're now saying that hoffman was with jigsaw from you know that point and like yeah prior to prior to that point and and also i think a lot of jigsaw's victims were there to be discovered Mm. you know he wanted people to know what he was doing he wanted that message to get out there he wanted the police to find them he didn't reuse the same crime scenes over and over again and i think that's you know for me the excitement is oh okay how many people did they kill between saw one and three before john died Mm. could can we get a couple more movies out of this you know and when when they're just like recycling the scenes i'm like oh no that's not really what you know when you watch saw one you start to unpack it you're like oh man he he's done this so many times before and the police are on him but they can't quite get to him and that you know you know fed into to 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 what was the great kind of you know the, the fun mystery of saw for me Mm. and 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 yeah i just felt like this one kind of yeah reusing that it would have been better if they were like in his lair from like two mm. you know what i mean and just That's being like oh, okay we're gonna we're gonna play 
we're going to play on the... If you love the franchise, you don't just love the first movie. So if we go to one of these other places that we've not seen for so long, that would be a bigger pop for me. Yeah, it is that thing of, like you say, they they just overly simplify it at times because they've gone so hard on the fan service and they don't know when to cut it off where they're like, mm. you know, I, I honestly feel like they, I was half expecting there to be like um, a final sequence where they are scouting out, you know, like Adam and stuff from the first film. Like I really yeah. was thinking like, oh, are they going to try and tie it back to, to Lawrence Gordon and have like a Lee Winnell cameo? Are we going to get a Zep cameo? Like I really thought like, God, are they really <laughs> going to go that hard with it? And <laughs> It's just like oh, we should have got the Zeb. Like he got wheeled around so much in that hospital. Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, man, it's 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 funny because they can go too far with it, and and it's like, and, and again, that's it's not too far. <laughs> yeah, like I like I obviously love the actor so much, so I'd be, I'd be like, oh, that's crazy. But some things are just left unturned, and it's like the bathroom has had its moment. You know, it's been used in so many different things. Like I feel like it just it's devalued the ending of saw 2 so much now over time because at the time it was so awesome to go back there and now it's like god there's like a thousand people that have been killed in this goddamn room um, yeah it's it's got so many people in there at this point like it's mad it's um, crazy. i i still disagree that that i would there isn't anything this year that i'd pop harder for than a zip cameo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i would i would have liked it but they gave me what i wanted and they and they didn't it wasn't it wasn't i really want to like double down on that the fact that they did it so well because i've wanted hoffman back for so long so hoffman yeah but i and even though we want to see what happened to him ultimately because that's the the kind of point of frustration is that he is locked in that bathroom with a reverse bear trap on um and i know that we're probably never going to get that conclusion but i still like the fact that yeah they filled in gaps with him and i say and again narrative wise i love this because when it was first amanda doing the the attacks and that i was a bit frustrated because i was like man hoffman's right there but like I think the way they did it did make sense because he is an active detective, so he can kind of use them abilities to scout people. But it would be much harder, yeah. But it would be much harder for him to go out to Mexico and get his hands dirty with this one. Whereas like flying Amanda out on her own does make more sense, um, you know, because she's got no ties. Like she is just his lapdog. Whereas like Hoffman does have other shit going on. So again narrative wise it all does make sense of like this trio yeah, no. going back to the trio as well like we need to forget that there's anyone else involved because in my eyes there just isn't you know it's <laughs> it's the three of them i know um, I, you have to forget that yeah i'm so glad there wasn't a reference to like other people because at this point god there's so many that they could have done and i'm just glad it's like no it was Amanda and it was Hoffman and that was it. And I'm like, with John, you know, they were a trio of killers um, until the end. And so, yeah, I love that aspect of it. It will forever just be a trio of killers for me. Definitely, for sure. So, yeah, it was it was a great time. Like, I'm I'm happy to have seen a Saw movie that doesn't actively make me want to die for the first time hmm. in a long time. Yeah. Um, and I think that this is, I like, it's it's not one of the best ones. Um, I would have yeah, to... Where, where do you rank it? Yeah, like, that's the thing. Oh. Like, it's... It's easy to for me to say that there are now seven Saw movies I really like, um, and I would recommend them, and I think they're all ones you should watch. I It really gets hard post-free for me, specific, you know, four, five, and six, of, like, what's the good bits, what's the bad bits? Like, 
I never remember if I love five overall, but I love the ending of five so much that it really it takes it up so many levels and and again the fact that this movie has some negative aspects in the ending will dock it points over time specifically um because that Mm -hmm. ending with strom and hoffman of five is like i love the ending of three i mean i love the original trilogy so much but i think five is the perfect we said at the time the perfect epilogue to that story and it, and it tied up the loose ends, and I would have been more than happy for Saw to end at five. Um, and I think it got, even though I'd really like six, that is when it started to get messy, because I think it set up a lot of stuff with Jill that they then really struggled to answer in 3D. It's, you know, so spectacularly bad. Um, so yeah, I, think I mean, the problem... The the, end post five. <laughs> six set it up, it's just the seven shot the bed. Yeah, but it's like I think it's to do that, isn't it? It's harder to 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 hit the landing than it is to kind of be like, oh, it's cool that Jill's now working for him, and she's kind of trying to tie up this loose end with Hoffman. But actually, seeing that transpire is a lot harder to pull off, isn't it? But yeah, overall, I I still think this is a great um, it's a great film first and foremost. Like looking at it in the context of this year for horror, it's certainly one of my favorites um, because I think it's a great standalone revenge film and i do think it's a great another great franchise film and we've seen quite a few of them recently and, and it's certainly not it doesn't reinvent the wheel and get me really excited for the future like something like scream did um but it was it, this is a legacy film first and foremost and i think that's what you know the halloween movies recently and other ones where if you're like a diehard fan and you, you were just desperate to see jamie lee curtis in that role i'm sure you were very satisfied with that trilogy um and that's how i feel about this film is like i've been desperate to see Toby and bell and i've desperately been you know wanting to see any sort of reference to hoffman um and they gave me that so i i come out of it happy but i know that it's got it's got flaws like it's definitely got flaws and we've spent a lot of time talking about them but i still like it warts and all yeah i think i i i do like it i think for me you know yeah this is the 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 best saw movies in saw six i don't think it gets involved with with one to six for me but but being so far removed and having so much trash the fact that we're back to that like oh okay yeah this this is still a good movie then i'm i'm more happy than i'm not happy am i selfish and still want to be happier i am which is just probably a me problem more than anything but i just you know i did want a little bit more but i still i still am happy that i'm not you know so unsatisfied like i've been before and and ultimately it still was more more fun than 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 it wasn't which is such a difference to what we've had in saw in recent times yeah yeah it's weird coming out of a saw movie i'm like man i don't have this just overall negativity and black cloud and oh what could have been you know i'm just i'm I'm satisfied for now like saying i was coming into this with not wanting a new saw movie like that was you know when we talked about it in the news and stuff we were very skeptical and you know we laughed it off when they were like oh shawnee smith and tobin bell are back we're like here we fucking go again like we were so not ready for this because we were so recently burned and so i think the fact that i wasn't in a place to receive this movie and again i don't want to you know go back over the past but god i wish we'd have got this film when i was at the peak of my fandom and ready for a good saw film because they burned those bridges a long time ago and so that now they need to we need to rebuild that relationship with saw and this goes a long way doing that so they uh, have they have definitely rebuilt things i think that's the thing if this movie come you know they they released saw seven and it's like, oh, yeah, that was a misstep. And mm. then this movie comes out. And they're like, yeah. you know what? 
we're stripping it back. We're going to go back to between one and two. We're going to have a fun time. And, and then if the traps were just a bit better, then I'd be like, fuck yeah, this movie's a banger. Yeah. You know, but because we're so far removed and the traps didn't quite land for me, I am just a bit more negative, you know, about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. God, it's uh, it's crazy, man. Talking about these yeah, sort my, of movies. My brain hurts. I know it's mad. It's like I still, and I think as well that you're probably there as well. But it's especially with franchise movies. I mean, we definitely had it with Scream, but like it's so hard to kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so hard to quantify what I actually feel about this movie right now. Um, Like I say, definitely off just one watch. You know, we only watched this yesterday, um, so it's like you know, barely had twenty four hours to kind of process it. so yeah, it's, uh, it's not enough time for something that cuts as deep as a Saw movie, for for, no. for sure. You know, it, it's one that, like, <laughs> I will be fascinated to know how I feel about it in a few months' time after re-watching it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion of Saw X. I will take a quick break and we will be right back. So yeah, that is uh, pretty much it for this week. It's a nice long one because we're talking about a, you know, a franchise close to our hearts. Um, and it's funny because next week we've got The Exorcist. Um, <laughs> crazy, which is right? A, I mean, yeah. Saw <laughs> and Exorcist back to back. It's, it's wild that those two movies, those two franchises are just like in the cinema again back to back yeah and it's it's uh, they they are the opposite to for us because it's a franchise that we've spent so much time talking about and loving and then being disappointed with and just have, have so much feeling you know there was so much emotion in what we were just talking about mm. i have nothing for the exorcist as a franchise you know i've spoke about it before i actively dislike the first film and i've not cared to watch any of the other ones like i it is that one of like everyone's got that one classic horror movie that they don't like mine is the exorcist so uh but again i'm not carrying that into this film i don't care i'm even putting aside who directed it even though i'm now bringing it up um <laughs> so I, say, I, don't, I don't think i think this is the opposite of putting it aside bro <laughs> <laughs> I think it's bringing it to the forefront. I everyone. why are you outing me <laughs> I'm not oh, going to mention the director, myself. but I fucking hate him. <laughs> <laughs> you said that, not me. Why do, Why would you say such a thing? God, that's harsh. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, we've got that. And then, like I say, we're, I mean, VHS is just around the corner as well. Um, and then all that good shit. Like, I can't wait for uh, The House of Usher on Netflix oh, as well. Man. Really? I'm just, I'm so in the mood for Flanagan right now. Give me that full Flanagan experience. Like, that is talking about you know when you're in the mood for certain things i'm almost like i've been so close to just re-watching his old shit because that's how much i'm in the mood for it but i need to just wait um yeah. because it's right around the corner yeah like i rewatched watched night mass earlier in the year yeah. and like i'm yeah i could not be more ready for flanagan like just mm. give me that flanagan yeah like, and I'm, I'm good... this, like this is like the finale of his netflix saga yeah. Do you know what i mean and it just feels like he's gonna just punch us in the face yeah, and I feel like we already have a trend of like our favorite things this year have been TV more than yeah, film. Yeah, exactly. uh, so I feel like it's going to continue that. Um, you know, yeah, like with Flanagan the last and favorites. Black Mirror, now we've got this. Yeah. Like Flanagan has been our favorite stuff when we were loving mm. movies. 
Yeah. And this year we're loving TV. So I'm just like, go on, give me that Flanagan shit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I can't Cannot wait. wait. It's going to be exciting. Um, but yeah, all that good stuff. But very packed October to look forward to. Uh, but that was episode 365. Thanks uh, for listening. And we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could And how could I